this episode of the Full Nerd, NVIDIA's Hopper, AMD RSR, and Windows calls out cheapskates. Welcome to episode 211 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkis. Hello, Internet. Eleni Yee. Hello. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Yeah, actually, uh, you forgot to introduce. We have we have another special guest, uh, Gordon. This is the uh, the Steam Deck is here. Oh, you here got yours. Me. Yep, it's here, uh, Brad. I, I got XCOM two loaded up. More of the chosen. So uh, yes, yeah. You know, real quick, impromptu. It's not on the on the list, but impromptu notes. Uh, my thoughts so far with it. Gordon saw it yesterday. He was not impressed. He he thought it was real bad. But no, come my on. thoughts. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, <laughs> My, uh, a, a couple things I love: uh, the power, like the 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 power that this that this has in it, and is able to run the games. Pretty awesome. I, I'm I'm very surprised. Uh, obviously, better than a uh, a Nintendo Switch, which is great. Uh, you know, it's it's like IGP, you know, quality kind of. So yeah, it's it's not bad. Uh, game support. So I, I've I've loaded up a bunch of games in my library, even the ones that have like the not supported. And actually, it, it depends on the game. Like even the ones that say not supported, I've been able to run like fine. I mean, there, there's a couple like hitches here and there, but I'm like, okay, you know, you can you can deal with a lot of different things. Bring up the the on on screen keyboard, you know. I don't know. So I I, I like that. Uh, the speakers. I, I I've heard a lot of people talk about the speaker quality. It is actually pretty good. Uh, so I'm, as an audio person, I'm always happy about that. Um, also, being able to bring up the the overlay to like do the metrics, uh, you know, it's like it's got a built-in afterburner like metric kind of thing that you can just you know quickly toggle on at any time you want, and and that is real fun as somebody who's like <laughs> to look at metrics and kind of study stuff. It's fun. Uh, also, the control options. I mean, we, we talked about this before. This is a this is a a Steam controller V two. You go in there, it's got all the community profiles, all the different mapping options. Like it is. And and I mean it's got a touch screen, it's got the haptic uh, pads, like j- just so much stuff. Um, two things I'm not loving about it, and not not that I hate, but two things I'm not loving about it. What one is the actual hardware controls, like having I don't know, just being so used to the way that you hold a normal controller and where the sticks are and the buttons are, you know, and and, and even the bumpers, like it, it just it, it's it's not the same. It's not an Xbox controller like in your hand at all. Uh, and it's it's taking some getting used to. I kind of have to reach a little bit, but I mean, I, I play a bunch of like retro emulators, and you know, those don't have standard layouts either. So it's, it's just one of those things where I was I was hoping for like the ergonomics and comfort of an Xbox controller, but that's that's not it. Also, some some of the buttons are just a little squishy, you know. So I, I'd say it makes sense with it being so wide that it doesn't quite feel the same. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, they're cramming a lot of controls in there. Honestly, I think. I mean, if they didn't have the touch pads, I think they, you know, could have made the the layout a little more standard. But the touch pads, I mean, they're they're important. Uh, the last mm-hmm. thing, and the thing that I was not, I, I guess, clued into, that I'm not loving, is the fan. Like, really? it's just sitting. It it literally just sitting here. It's not downloading anything. It's not doing anything. But the fan is like audible. Like. Like, hmm. you know, it's, and especially when I load up a game, like I was playing on the couch, uh, Lindsay was w- watching somebody on the TV and I was playing on the couch and she looked over and she's like, is that that thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is fan's kind of loud, isn't it? <laughs> is it shrill or is it just loud? 
I mean, it's, it's got to be shrill. It's tiny. I mean, yeah, I, it, I mean, but... you can tell it's pushing like a lot of air through like kind of a, a small chamber. Like, I, I, it's not like a high pitch. It's not like a squeal. It's just more like a, a constant, like shh. You know, like, like white noise. A, kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like more than I thought. I mean, I didn't expect a switch because the switch is usually pretty damn silent. Like, it's got a fan in there, but like. Mm. you know you can't really hear it this is I, i've heard people describe it as i was looking up i was like man are other people having problems with the sound on this and other people kind of described it as a uh like 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 the at the highest level it's like just like if you're chatting with somebody you know that that kind of loudness uh you know like like normal dialogue kind of thing and so it's it's like okay that's it's a little distracting i that's the only thing I was not prepared for <laughs> was was the fan. I mean, but it makes sense. It makes sense. So, have you? Uh, so you know, you said it didn't feel like an Xbox uh, style controller, but have mm-hmm. you tried it paired with a Xbox controller, like through Bluetooth or anything like that, or any of your eight bit dough? Yeah, not not yet. I haven't done that. I did I did pop out to the Linux desktop a little bit, uh, but I, I like I, I need to pair a, a mouse and keyboard with it too. So no, I, I haven't tried that yet. Um, but I mean, that's the great thing about the PC. You can you compare whatever you want to it. Uh, so, <laughs> and I just want to s- just clarify. Uh, Adam misrepresented my rec. What my <laughs> my record was. I basically restated, you know, counter positions because we don't live in a world where you can only state one position and agree with it. Um, I I basically asked, would you buy this? you know, over a, a console or say a, a, a switch. Also, I also do want to state that, you know, I, again, it is an incredible achievement of fame. And, and honestly, it looks like it's, it's going to be a really big hit for, uh, for, for valve. Uh, for me, I'm not a controller based gamer. So it just, I would always take a gaming laptop over that. So I just don't mm-hmm. need my gaming in a bus seat. So uh, I, I, I hear this is, Gordon did say this. I, I was kind of showing him all, all the the game list I was looking through, and he's like, "Man, that inner that chip is really slow. That that thing must be like really throttled. It's like when when no. you're going through the the things, that must be really. Slow. You did say that. You did. Say yeah. That. No. Uh, no. You're like, again. No, that's just how the interface was. That's not not the <laughs> power of the processor. You're again mischaracterizing what I said. <laughs> that's what you said. And you're and like, when Adam, that thing's slow. so. Uh, when as Adam was blipping through the menus. It doesn't have the same smoothness that I think we're sort of accustomed to these days, where when it's scrolling, it doesn't have that butter smooth look. But I will argue maybe that's just simply the interface. And Adam says, oh, when he uses fingers and then he slid it, then it looked much better. But when you're flipping the joysticks to go left and right, it just looked like... Gordon was just like, dang, this thing's underpowered. Mm-hmm. This is a piece of junk. Yeah, he, indicated, like it, he indicated, he indicated he'd rather, he indicated yeah. he'd rather have G-Force now than this thing. I did actually say that <laughs> as a challenge. Would you rather have G-Force Drink. now or this? You know, it's... Uh, it's and and I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I I think people need to. You you basically have to listen to people that are putting out alternatives. You know, it's it's not right for everybody. At the same time, as again, I will restate my position. I, I think it's an amazing achievement, and and clearly it's a big hit. Um, but you know, you know, it's it's not it's. It's not the best thing ever. Let's not veer off into a certain vendor's crowd <laughs> where you're going to simply say it's the best thing ever, and it'll never get better until this company makes something that is better than it. 
then you can say that one's better. We don't want to get mm. to that world on our side. Well, I uh, want one. Yeah, no, it, it's been fun. I like. I'm not like head over heels like in love with it, but I'm like, dang, this is this is actually really cool. This is this is fun. I, I think I really think of V2 is going to be like okay, they're going to they're going to learn a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, too, so. and and again, because Adam is trying to paint me as a hater, I say it's a stunning. Inc- you were doing that yourself, no. <laughs> because you can you can you can make counter you can make counter statements, and just to see if that person is able to defend their position. Clearly, some people are unable to defend their position. I would say, again, just want to point out, it's amazing that they are able to do this because I talked about the hardware we had seen from other vendors a couple of years before that never came to market. They were based on Intel parts and it probably was like, it never would have made it. If, if the steam deck was $1,200, like the competing hardware or more, yeah. where would it be? No chance. Yes. $600. That's just, it's going to be a hit. There's just no denying that it's an incredible achievement, right? So, Definitely. you know, part of that is AMD, uh, we're, we've got a video cooking on RDNA 2 gaming, and it's <laughs> it will really kind of floor you what you can do in RDNA gaming. So Yeah, I really that's, think that, that's the magic in here is is that RDNA 2, uh, for sure. Uh, but VC Jester, friend of the show, gave us $5 Super Chat, said, what Gordon is trying to say is that the, the GUI isn't as smooth as a PS5. It's true. You know, he, he just he loves that buttery PS5 interface. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just modern devices. You're just sort of... You know, you're just very used to that that smooth, very buttery smooth interface these days. And when you when I was watching Adam blip the joysticks back and forth, it was it looked like it was not hitting. I, I love my favorite part of this conversation is how you continually use the word blip for the joysticks. That just kind of subtly reinforces how much you hate controllers. <laughs> well, no, because I mean, at the end of the day, that's the thing. Like, you know, I was like, yeah. you could pair a mouse and keyboard to this, like. Don't don't yeah. even use the controllers. Like then why why would I even want this thing? Because right. it's got controllers built into it. So well, I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's you know like for me, what would work if somehow they took that and they made a clamshell version of the Steam Deck without the controllers? Because for me, the controllers are just it's just you mean it's a, a non-starter. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. DS, a DS. I've always steroids. you know <laughs> I've always I should bust out some of the the baby laptops I've kept over the years, and I'm a huge fan of baby laptops. <laughs> And the, you know the 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 holy grail is you've never been able to get a baby laptop that could really play games. So what if you made the Steam Deck in a clamshell format that you could play games with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm just not a, I'm just not a controller. I don't I don't play the the genre that needs controllers, and and I don't I just don't I'm not in, I'm not a controller gamer. That's just that's well, just me. Do you do you think there's any chance the Steam Deck Two comes out with uh, Nvidia's Hopper technology in it? <laughs> Zero yes. percent. <laughs> no, I'm calling Nvidia's that one. It's going to happen. So you know, maybe, maybe in this the Switch Two is going to have a Hopper. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about Hopper. So Hopper came out yesterday. Uh, Nvidia finally revealed it. Next generation of graphics cards. What's it been? Two years, almost a year and a half since Ampere came out. Uh, and it's super duper impressive. It's a huge, ridiculous chip. 80 billion transistors, you know, next generation NV link, HBM3, like every, you know, cutting edge feature you could think of is shoved into this thing. Uh, but it honestly doesn't seem to have a ton of relevance for consumer folks at this point because all the rumors say that 
Hopper is not actually going to be what lands in next generation graphics cards, GeForce graphics cards. It'll be Lovelace. But that, if that's true, that being said, there are still some things we could take away from the reveal uh, at the you know normal everyday gamer level that I thought was pretty rad. Uh, a big one being that it's based on TSMC's four nanometer process, uh, which is pretty rad. Uh, people thought it was going to jump up to TSMC's five nanometer process. This is actually like a more power efficient version of that. So who knows if that's going to wind up in GeForce cards. They might not necessarily go all the way to the bleeding edge like this for the GeForce cards, but there's a very good chance they might. Uh, and everything's pointed like they're going to be going back to TSMC after going to Samsung last year. So that's one cool takeaway. Uh, we'll finally get to see if all those power efficiencies at AMD's RDNA 2 cards, how much of the special sauce came from TSMC, how much of the special sauce came from AMD once everybody's back making stuff at TSMC. Uh, another really cool thing is it supports PCIe Gen 5. Which, you know, next generation PCIe, uh, that's going to be faster. Intel just rolled out support for that in desktops with Alder Lake. So I would fully expect the next gen consumer GeForce cards to include PCIe Gen 5 as well. Uh, especially because just today, actually, Intel announced the finalized ATX 3.0 power supply spec to support... Gen 5, PCIe Gen 5 graphics cards with the 600-watt big 16-pin power connector that just got finalized today. So this is pretty, pretty... I would be shocked if PCIe Gen 5 was not available in next-gen GeForce 4080 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Real quick on, on that, uh, does that... I, I, I feel like I'm going to channel somebody and be like, do we even need PCIe 5 in a GPU <laughs> yet? Like, what, what's the benefit of that? Or is it just future-proofing? Uh, you always want to keep the technology moving. Uh, at this point, I don't know how much improvement it would. It would be a huge improvement over Gen 3, obviously, which is still what most all but cutting edge computers use. Uh, I don't think we've topped out Generation 4, Gen 4 yet. But all the rumors sound like the next gen Radeon and GeForce cards might be really balling. And if so, who knows? We'll have to test it and see. Yeah, and I would say you 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 know I'm with Brad there. You don't you don't wait for the freeways to become gridlocked LA and then go. Oh gosh, we should build wider freeways now. Um, it's always better to do ahead of time. But also, we clearly don't need the bandwidth uh, yet on consumer GPUs, consumer workloads. But the one side benefit might be less power. So mm-hmm. you know if you're basically doubling the bandwidth of Gen Four, then you could. That's why sort of the current generation gaming laptops have eight lanes of Gen 4, and they didn't they didn't do the full 16 lanes of Gen 4 because what the hell was the point of it? Nothing used it, and then you're just simply eating all this power. So they ended up cutting the the lanes back to four. And there's and then you know if you could do eight lanes of uh, of you could do four lanes of Gen 5 in theory, right? And basically get the equivalent of 16 lanes of Gen 3. Is that right? I gotta do the math in my brain but it's just it could pay some benefits for power yep so that's cool there's also the new gen of nv link fourth generation nv link which doesn't have a ton of application to the consumer side but the 3090 still had an nv link connector uh 
for people who want to use it for work, for computational stuff and all that. So assuming that continues to hold true going into the next generation, uh, it's a 50% boost in speeds there, so that's great. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways for me was the fact that this thing is a huge GPU, 80 billion transistors, like as big as they come, and they are pushing a lot of power through it. Uh, the H100, the data center chip that Hopper was revealed in, uh, takes 700 watts, which is absolutely insane, and 300 watts more than last generation's A100 Ampere-based flagship. So almost twice as much power, <laughs> uh, which again, doesn't necessarily mean anything for next-gen GeForce cards, but all of the rumors that have been floating around recently from all the various suspects, usual suspects, uh, say that NVIDIA is likely to really crank power to get Lovelace or next-gen GeForce, you know, going as far as possible. Uh, and them coming out with this card and pumping 700 watts through it shows that, yeah, they're not scared of just putting the pedal to the metal if they think that's what's needed for performance. So it's mm. so uh, a hint that those rumors could, in fact, be true. And uh, Dr. Ian Cutris from Tech Tech Potato is in the chat. What's up, Ian? Uh, he he would like to point out that the A100 went up to 600-watt versions. So okay. I guess they weren't too far off for Although I, versions. Okay. The the thing that really kind of blew me away though was that internal there is you know there are so many different you know interconnects as you connect from you know chip to chip and the machine to machine and node to node but what what was he Jensen had said something like the internal bandwidth of the of the uh, of of the hopper is like greater than the internet you know <laughs> like all of the internet mm. basically is it's got greater bandwidth than all of the internet I forget which which exactly part it was it was referring to, but it was pretty crazy. Also, I've heard the the more power you use, the more you save. <laughs> save on your heating bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much all the real takeaways, consumer wise. Uh, previous the last three or four generations, like they brought out Ampere, they brought out Pascal, they actually did Volta before Turing, but Turing was based off of Volta, were all announced at GTC, and they went a lot more into the technical details, and there was a lot more you could draw from that. But this one, they were kind of light on, you know, the specs. Uh, they did wind up putting out a white paper that gets a little bit more into that. One of the most interesting bits is that Hopper has twice as many FP32 units, uh, as opposed to Ampere. So that's cool. That could be cool for PC gamers once it shows up on the desktop. Uh, but considering that all the rumors suggest, as well as that recent NVIDIA hack that revealed a bunch of uh, GPU IDs, suggest that it very well will use Lovelace, a different architecture on the desktop. It's kind of hard to pull too much out of the configuration of Hopper for GeForce cards. So it was kind of underwhelming, actually. Like previously, GTC is like, oh, look at Ampere. That's going to rock once it comes to the desktop. We know that's coming to the desktop. That's going to rock. Here's what you can draw from that. And this one is like, eh, you know, it has Gen 5 PCIe. That's cool. What else is here for people? And the answer was honestly not much, but it's a stunning achievement technically. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're, the modeling, I was very impressed by the modeling for, you know, basically doing AI to predict the weather. And mm -hmm. they were saying that they've, they're actually now more accurate than than the human models or the numerical based models. So pretty cool stuff. Yep. 
Although, I mean, I guess if you're trying to, if you're aiming to be more accurate than the weather forecasters. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest I'm job in, on the earth, right? Because it's just like, you know, oh, you know, I, I predict this. And if it happens, they're like, yeah, I'm good at prediction. And if it doesn't, they're like, well, it's weather, it changes. <laughs> Although they really, it doesn't feel like, you know, just in California, it's gotten way more accurate. So I do wonder if we're sort of seeing this this impact of of this back end stuff where like the the models are just insanely more powerful than we ever have have ever had in our entire history so now they can they they can predict these heavy rainstorms as they call them the atmospheric rivers here in California uh far more accurately than it feels like they ever could before that'd be cool yeah. uh i actually have a kind of a random out of left field question Maybe too soon to be asking this question, but y'all remember how um, California imposed those energy regulations for like idle power and low power yeah. and all that? So, mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to affect at all? Like what we're going to end up seeing in consumer desktop cards, given that there's this, these rumors that they're going to be like taking more power and all that? Well, no, you know, because... Intel, in fact, just released the, you know, again, ATX 3.0 spec. It has this new PCIe Gen 5 connector. It pushes 500 watts. Um, I don't, I can say for certain it's not going to have any immediate impact at all. And the way the regulations were written with heavy advice from the industry is, again, it's it's looking at the entire fleet of you know tens of millions of computers sitting idle in an office, which of course isn't really happening anymore. It's not really, uh, it's not actually looking at you know the, the gaming computers, sort of the the muscle cars, right? So you can have your you can have your uh, Hellcat Challenger, and that's fine. Do what you want. Bert gets six miles to the gallon because they only they know there's only you know a few thousand of those sold. They want to get to the millions and millions of, of uh, desktops. Right. That's, that's where the regu- the current regulation goes. Um, so it's not going to affect. You will be able to run as hot a GPU, as many GPUs as you want on desktop. But my – and the one reason I've been saying this for quite a while is the people that – there are people who are always looking to, let's face it, limit people's fun, right? Even though realistically – the amount of gaming PCs are are just infinitesimal compared to the amount of tablets, phones, and normal desktops being sold to everybody. But there's a lot of those kind of people I just want to end everybody's fun. If they see you having too much fun, and unfortunately having fun means having a 700-watt graphics card, those people will then try to stop your fun. So my feeling is we also then have to like, oh, no, we're, we're, also, we're also trying to do your, your good thing while also having our fun. So it's that fine balance that, that we, for PC enthusiasts, the gaming crowd, the desktop crowd, we can't just simply look like we want to burn three miles of the gallon for an infinite amount of time. So I think the argument would be, look, we are using 700 watts, but we're now getting three times the performance. And, you know, so. And then that, then that leaves Apple to go up on stage and, and be like, oh, well, look at us. We're more powerful and more efficient. <laughs> yeah, they're new not bun- really pushing that powerful thing that much anymore, are they? <laughs> you're right. The you, new you're... graphics card bundle idea. Yeah. Buy one, get a solar panel. Same <laughs> <time>. <laughs> nice. All right, so yeah, it, it sounds like not much yet for us consumer gamers. Nope, not really. 
Nope. Which is which is a bummer because again, the last several reveals at GTC have been really interesting. Been able to mine a lot out of them, but this one's just not really consumer relevant. How many things have translated from GTC over to direct consumer like months later? Uh, the architectures themselves often, but other than that, most of that stuff, you know, they're getting into the Omniverse stuff. They've talked about DLSS and stuff at that, you know, showing off that kind of stuff. But GTC is really about big businesses, about developers. So a lot of it's way too inside baseball and not at all relevant to gaming. So, yeah. I, but they I, did release a bunch of new studio drivers yesterday, including some of those Omniverse changes, as well as other updates and stuff like that. So if you're a creative person, some of that stuff might apply to you. But for gamers, not so much. Do you think NVIDIA is saving it for Intel <clears throat> and AMD later? Uh, I just I mean, wanted to see a 3090 Ti. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> They're holding out. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I forgot that, that. That's still it. Didn't even come. get mentioned. Oh man! <laughs> how, like, oh. how far can they push that before it it gets up on a forty series? I mean, as everybody assumes forty series is coming. Well, the rumors are it'll go out later this month. That's what the rumors are saying right now. Uh, very limited quantities. It's more. I think uh, there's also rumors that AMD is going to be refreshing RDNA two before all the new chips roll out later this year. So just like the 3090 was, because remember the 6900, there was not a 2090, but the 6900 XT, all the rumors of that showed it balling. And so NVIDIA took what would have probably been a Titan card before and said, hey, it's a GeForce 3090 now, so it'll show up in gaming benchmark charts. And I have a feeling that's what this is, just trying to get ahead of AMD with 10 units that it sent to reviewers kind of a deal. Just to, to make sure that there's still anytime there's a chart, you see yeah. nothing but the green bar longer in, yeah. in the in the chart. Yeah, that's what NVIDIA's always done. So, yeah, and you guys remember worth- when the what was it the Vega 56 came out and it beat the 2070? I think it was at the time 1070, 1070, and it was a totally useless part. But NVIDIA quickly rolled out a 1070 Ti just to put it that two percent ahead. It hates losing, so. <laughs> and you know, I I know a lot of people get activated over that, but I you know I can't blame a company that is so hyper competitive that they don't want to lose. Yeah, no. <laughs> do you want a company that's just gonna sit there and is happy being in second place for six months? You know, I, that leads to really bad things sometimes. Mm-hmm. But hmm. yeah, it could be an interesting few months. Well, you you know what leads to really good things is the scaling wars. Uh, RSR and FSR 2.0 recently launched. We, we do have a video on the channel. Keith looked at a at a Radeon Super Resolution uh, for us and kind of compared it. FSR is a different thing. I mean, there, it's crazy because there's so many different scalers now. Uh, you know, between yeah. between both sides, uh, some work uh, only on specific cards, some work uh, all all across the board. But, but r- real quick, Brad, what, what is what is RSR? Yeah, so RSR is basically an AMD-specific version of FSR. So AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution is like NVIDIA's DLSS in that it needs to be supported by the game, uh, and then it works. Uh, But for every game that doesn't support it, it doesn't work. The developers have to actively put it in it. RSR basically forces FSR in, in the spatial upscaling technology into thousands of games, pretty much every game. Uh, 
if you're using a compatible AMD graphics card. Right now, it's only RX 5000 and 6000 series cards. They're going to be working on the new APUs that are coming out for mobile, I believe, coming soon. And they're looking into older stuff. We'll see. But, yeah, it's basically it lets you turn on FSR in every game. Uh, there's some technical details, some a little bit of technical hoops you might have to jump through. Keith gets into those in his video. Go watch it out if you want to hear about if you want to hear about those. But basically, it works as expected. It's not quite as good as FSR because FSR does its upscaling in the middle of the process, so that things like the HUD and find UI elements and stuff like that, some post processing stuff happens after the upscaling happens, so it looks better natively. Uh, whereas Radeon Super Resolution happens at the very end because it's a driver-level thing, so it just applies the upscaling to everything. Uh, so you can see slight differences. Like, it looks a little bit blurrier if you're looking at a game running RSR versus FSR sometimes, depending on the HUD and stuff. But honestly, I think it works pretty well. Uh, it probably will very much vary game to game. Like, you're playing a game that's very text-heavy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you can see a little bit more of that blurriness. But playing around with it myself, like, it's kind of a cop-out, but I really truly believe that it's not super fair to pixel-peep these things. Like, I think that's valuable. Like, it's a valuable thing to pixel-peep and point out the differences. Like, I saw Steve's video at Gamers Nexus where he's, like, zooming in on the cyberpunk HUD, and it's like, you could clearly see the difference. Uh... But when you're running the game in real life at real resolution, I think that in full motion, I think that it is a you know wonderful tool to use if you need that little bit of extra performance. I think if you, especially if you keep it to the more conservative settings, uh, it's a good, great tool to have in your arsenal. Actually, especially with it being so hard to find new graphics cards these days, you can stretch stretch the legs of what you got a little bit further. I, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like the the comments on Keith's video, uh, kind of m- most of them went into two camps. One of them was was people just sharing like stories of like, oh wow, like check out uh, like I, I got this performance when I turned on RSR, you know, jumping from four K to fourteen forty P or something, and I and I got so much more performance back and only a little bit of you know change in infidelity. Uh, and then the other camp was people being like. Why on earth did they not bring this to older GPUs where people need them? <laughs> uh, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, you would hope that that's something they would look into. But yeah, I mean, why why not bring it out now? Like, what what's the limitation? Especially if it's if it's just software. It does like running those things do because it doesn't have dedicated like AI stuff like DLSS is. So it's doing all this on your GPU cores, and there is like upscaling and stuff does take some extra power. I think it was Jared over at Tom's hardware who was running tests, seeing what a game ran at natively at 1440p and 1440p running on RSR. And there is a performance difference. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're figuring out how to make that work best on older generations. Also, you know, these are companies trying to make money. They're going to start with the new generations first. They want you to go get that. But considering AMD's track record in the past, they've been very good about bringing stuff out to older graphics cards as much as they can. Hopefully they do, because this would be rocking on Vega or an old RX 580. But they also want you to go buy something new, so we'll have to see. So, but, I mean, RSR is still based on FSR 1.0, which is the, the yes. spatial-based spatial upscaler. And uh, uh, oh God, 
Good Lord. FSR 2.0 <laughs> will be the one that will be based on temporal upscaling, right? The yes. Sort of closer to DLSS where it's looking at, it's using AI. It's looking at the frames before and ones to, to generate the ones. It's not using AI. Together. That's that's their big push is that it doesn't use AI. It doesn't use machine learning. So it'll depend on the technicalities. They were doing a presentation today, which I haven't had the chance to check out yet. Uh, but yes, it'll use motion vectors from several frames to kind of be better, be more DLSS like. But it won't necessarily. It won't require hardware. It won't require machine learning. So, but it will work similarly to you see with Unreal Engine 5, DLSS, uh, ZXESS. I still don't know how to say that out loud. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so FSR 2.0, if it works that in, it will work that in. It's scheduled for quarter two. Uh, it'll be red. It, it should be a big step forward. AMD is just saying that it'll be better quality than FSR. Uh, and it won't need machine learning is basically what they've said at this point. Again, I haven't had a chance to watch the GDC presentation today yet, uh, but I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to wait and see how that works. A lot of people are saying this will be dope if FSR 2.0 comes out, and then it get work gets worked in the Radeon Super Resolution, and then it's like FSR 2 and Radeon Super Resolution. But it's very much, I think, because. Getting that uh, temporal data requires the game developers to give it to the software. So it, I don't think it can be quite as universal as Radeon Super Resolution is. Uh, but we're going to have to see exactly what AMD has in mind with it. So we'll uh, see. We, we have a, a, a good comment from a friend of the show, Codgerface. Uh, says, this is very confusing. Just tell me when DLSS is actually dead. I can't keep up with all the thumbnails that say DLSS killer. Uh, but I, I mean, the DLSS is still a different beast. Yes, it requires specific hardware to run, unlike these other solutions. But I mean, it's still—I mean, it's just still a different beast. There, there are instances where DLSS at 4K runs better than native 4K, look or looks better than native 4K. Like it's—it's it's crazy. It, it definitely is a different technology. So that's why it's like—it's hard. I mean, there are literally so many different scaling options now. <laughs> And especially yeah. when you when you throw the Intel one in there, it's just like, okay, do I do I just drop the resolution? Do I do the a render resolution slider in the game itself? Do I use RSR, FSR, NIS, uh, DLSS? There's just so many different ways to scale, and it, it's yeah. getting confusing. <laughs> to yeah, it's a pain in the so. butt. It's a pain in the butt. FSR 2.0 could more closely mimic DLSS's quality. It'll depend on how it's implemented, proof is in the pudding, and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, right now, if I was playing a game, because FSR 1.0 works on all basically PC hardware, but if I had an NVIDIA card and a game supported FSR and DLSS, my order of preference would be native if I can run that, because I'd always like to try to run it native. After that, I would switch to DLSS. I think that's still the best upscaling option. FSR works really good for what it is. I think its quality is just a little bit behind DLSS, which AMD obviously recognizes. That's why FSR 2.0 is coming out pretty quickly. Uh, and Radeon Super Resolution would be at the bottom of the list because it's pure brute force. Where does NVIDIA's Im- image sharpener, NIS, go in that stack? Like right around FSR? I mean, not FSR, but RSR? Yeah, it's pretty similar, but that's much wonkier. Like, it, you can... Yeah. 
it gets the job done. You got to go through the control panel. You got to do all kinds of different stuff. Like it's not anywhere near as user friendly. Yeah. Uh, I, I still feel like for the, for the user friendliness, I would rather do a render resolution scale in the game before I do NIS. <laughs> even, even though sure NIS might be a little bit better image wise, it's probably not enough to have me go through all those steps. It, you just hit that render render resolution in a game and drop it down like, and then keep going. But this this First is one. this is great though RSR because like there's a bunch like AMD cards support ray tracing now like and let's look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider that came out a while ago it's not going to get updated with FSR but if you want to turn on ray tracing in that game you can now turn on ray tracing and turn on Radeon Super Resolution to try to get some of those frames back in ray trace games that previously only supported DLSS because DLSS was the only option for two years so. It's useful in all kinds of ways. I think it's a great tool for AMD's tool belt. Like, just if you're struggling to maintain 60 frames a second in your games, turning that on to the ultra quality or whatever it's called preset, it's it's basically worth doing. Like, there is a hit to the image in some circumstances, especially if you're playing at lower resolutions. But it gives you so much more performance for very minimal hit. So I, I think I, I love seeing this competition. Do you think we're at that point where I mean, somewhere somebody has to uh, build in the ability to go in and tune how you want your games to look? You, you, people probably haven't done this in a while, but you can actually tune like how uh, Windows will render fonts, right? You can yep. go in and – but it feels like, you know, there's so much personal preference. Like some people may not like the HUD being a little bit fuzzier. But it feels like you almost you need to do the eye test of like what you like to look, and then just have the stupid thing just do that for you. Like have the game optimizer set that for you, because I bet a lot of people just never go in and mess with any of these settings at all. You know, they that's that's why we have game optimizers. It feels like we just have to leave it up to AMD and Nvidia just to set it for us, because people yeah. aren't they're not going to do it. I mean, who who the hell really does that? Well, this RSR at least you have the option to turn it on universally. So you can just set it and forget it. So that's good. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily do that unless I was really struggling to hit 60 frames per second, but you can. Uh, but that being said, game optimizers are pretty trash. <laughs> they all suck. Like NVIDIA has been doing it for years with GeForce Experience, and it still recommends the stupidest damn settings. <laughs> it really does. Like, I'm just like, oh, you, wait, you want me to run in 4K, but then set everything to low? <laughs> it's like, either that or it's like set everything to high and run it. 1600 by 900 it's like no (laughs) you know there that's a really good point because (laughs) you know the original pitch was like gamers never go in and do anything so we're going to optimize it for you but it it almost feels like they've just kind of given up like even doing that because i like i was like okay i i also skip what they recommend oftentimes because it doesn't make any sense but what what and amd has an optimizer itself too but like why the hell aren't they doing this for people? Is it because you think they're sending it and then, and then everybody just ignores it because we just don't trust the advice? I think there's too too many options. It's just, it's just it'd have to look at, at so many things on your hardware and be like, okay, well, you know, and then they have to guess, you know, like what what do you want? So yeah, yeah. One but of I, the cool things about this edition of AMD Adrenaline that introduces RSR is that it will start to pop up. They call it a toast notification in the corner that lets you know what's on and what isn't on in the game. So you can just quickly see it and toggle, hey, I want 
pre-sync working. Hey, I want RSR working, stuff like that. And you can just click right on that toast notification to pop up. So that'll make that part a little bit easier. So that's cool. Have you noticed like there's always like this subclass of features, especially for NVIDIA that like they're in there, but they really don't expect anybody to use. So if it's in the NVIDIA control panel, but when they really want you to use it, it gets elevated to GeForce experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, then it's a big minor leagues, button. major league <laughs> because there's like, Oh yeah. Cause like NVIDIA image sharpening is buried in the control panel. Whereas you think it would just be in you know, GFE where you switch it on there. Right. I guess yeah. it's per game, but uh. NVIDIA, they were so far ahead on software for so long and they still are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they really need to do something about their control panel and GFE split. Like to me, AMD's Radeon or not even Radeon, AMD Adrenaline, it's ditched the Radeon name because it has a bunch of rides and stuff now too, is just so much more polished and straightforward that I think AMD, uh, NVIDIA is lacking a bit on that front. Yeah, it's true, right? Because AMD has migrated everything into a, the modern interface, whereas it's mm-hmm. just, the NVIDIA control panel is just. It's for all the stuff that has is getting zero attention from up above, yeah. it feels like. And it just sucks to use. Like, no matter how powerful your PC is, the first time you open it, it'll lag. It'll freeze for five seconds, and then you go try to switch something new. It's just... But you don't of, have to sign in for it, Brad. And speaking of modern in. design, mm-hmm. uh, uh. Windows 11, the most modern of designs, right? You know, what, what could uh. be... What could be worse than running Windows 11? Uh, what could be worse than running Windows 11 is running it using a workaround that Microsoft officially published to let you do to let it run on unsupported hardware. And now they're going to be putting a desktop watermark on it. So there's the big fiasco when Windows 11 first started coming out because it cuts off so many, so many hardwares. It cut, cut loose all people. We've talked about a bunch on the show. Mm. Uh, everyone screamed. Microsoft, to its credit, listened and put a workaround out so that you can install Windows 11 on unsupported hardware. Great. Uh, if you do that, obviously, you know that you're running on unsupported hardware and you went to all that extra trouble to get it working on there. But now it's looking like it's in a release candidate preview build, which means that it's pretty definitely coming to Windows 11 proper soon. Uh, if you're running unsupported hardware, it'll put a watermark in the lower right-hand corner of your screen saying, you know, system requirements not met. Click here to see what you need to run. And then it'll open up the settings panel and it'll say, hey, you're not, you're not running unsupported hardware. So this is not Microsoft cracking down on cheapskates, as Gordon phrased it, because this is people who have, <laughs> this is people who have bought Windows 10 or Windows 11 and installed it using a workaround that Microsoft provided. And now they're putting an annoying watermark desktop. And I hate that. So if you are running Windows 11 on your Skylake box, you would get. Yeah. Or or Ryzen 1000. Yep. Yep. I, you know. I mean, it's weird because it's, I mean, it's kind of like the watermark you get then, you know, if, if you have Windows 10 and it's not, uh, it's not activated, activated, right? You know what I mean? Now they're like, well, crap, we can't do that for Windows 11. How can we reuse that? (laughs) They do do that for Windows 11 if you run an unactivated one. And to me, that one makes sense because if you're running an unactivated version of Windows, they're like, yo, pay me, which I hear that. (laughs) But (laughs) these are paid versions of Windows. It's just nagging you about something you already know because you had to go through this elaborate workout to get it running to begin with. What if you haven't paid for it 
and you're running on on, on older hardware. Does like do the watermarks like overlap each other? I think it'd be, it'd be like your slide deck, you know, where it's just, just like, goes, like starts yeah. going like diagonal across, yeah. so they know. So it's so annoying. I but you know, is it that bad that they're doing this? Because if we buy into you know the claims that this is done for security, which Honestly, if you're running an older machine that is not getting the newest UFIs and possibly not even newer drivers, and there are security risks to it, shouldn't they let those people know, you know, you should move to a modern, a laptop built, you know, this decade maybe, you know, so. I I mean, is that really fair to say, though? Because they're not doing that to people running Windows 10. Like, you know, I mean, it's still going to be the same outcome security wise, regardless if you're on 10 or 11. So why, why, like why push it on people in 11? It's not going to make anybody like the operating system that much more, unless it's like they're trying, it's almost like they're trying to maintain some kind of reputation. Like, I don't know. Well, they're hoping to, you know, they're hoping to clearly market windows 11 as the more secure. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But it just seems really, I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of tone deaf, you know, like they, you're not going to make people like a product more by, you know, bludgeoning them with what you want them to do. You kind of need to make it more of like lure flies with honey sort of thing. Well, but what would you ever, if they're running Windows 11 on a Sandy Birch box, what, what could anybody ever do to get that person to finally leave that Sandy Birch box behind, you know? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing. This is just annoying. It, it's this watermark doesn't look as obnoxious as the unactivated one, which makes sense. Uh, but still, it'll just always be sitting down there. And if someone is running Windows 11 on a Sandy Bridge box, like you said, that watermark's not going to make them change it. It's just annoying people for no reason when they're using a workaround that Microsoft provided. So, well, but I'm there. I'm a very activated version of Windows. To, and but I'm just saying to to in and again I. What, I don't really know what I believe in this, but if you are Microsoft and you go, I, I don't want people to think Windows 11 is insecure. They're running in a Sandy Birch box. They get one of these brand new day one exploits based on hardware or whatever it is. And then they're mm-hmm. going to blame when, you know what? The, the one that's always left holding the box is Microsoft, no yep. matter what, right? They're the ones that get blamed for any security issues, even though it could legitimately be a hardware you know, attack based on very, very outdated hardware, right? So I mean, why should they hope be hit left holding the bag? That's true. But I think Brad's point is still also very true, which is it's not like you just tell it, hey, I want to install Windows 11 and it does it. And you have no idea that you're on quote unquote unsupported hardware, which is actually not in quotes. It's actually unsupported hardware, right? But to make it work, you have to go through these workarounds. Like these, the people who are making these adjustments aren't going to be like your mainstream person that reaches out to people like us for technical support. Like we're the type of people who are going to be doing this. So we're going to be aware of it. It's going to be more of a situation where you're like, ah, crap, I got to call mom. because I'm like, don't (laughs) use the computer right now. I got to come over and fix that for you. Well, but at the same time, so you have an uh, an in-law, you like, hey, they're like, they want to run Windows 11. You help them set it up. And you're like, look, you really shouldn't be running this old box, mm-hmm. right? This thing is ancient POS. You really should move to something newer, faster, more secure. And they're like, no, no, I just want to do this. That little nag is just going to let them know, like, hey, maybe you should buy new hardware. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's an, an easy answer to this, but I can honestly see... 
I, I'm more understanding of them doing this now more than 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 doing it to like people who didn't pay for Windows 11. So I I see your point. I also think if they're going to put that, um, this is a little bit of a joke, but if they're also going to be doing ads in Windows 11, you should just have say like, hey, you're on unsupported hardware. Here's a 30% off coupon on a new Intel processor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, VC Jester, friend of the show, gave us $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, I heard you can get rid of the watermark after watching two advertisements in File Explorer. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be more like, oh, you get rid of your watermark for like 24 hours uh, if you watch an ad. Yeah, every 24 hours you got to watch an ad, then you can get rid of the watermarking. Yeah, and and to, speaking of that ad thing, that was basically something somebody internally had cooked up like, hey, what if we put ads in File Explorer? It was on the slide the... deck somewhere and it got out. Yeah. It wasn't on the slide deck. It was showing up in some people's things. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was showing up in some insider preview builds. Uh, and they said it was internal testing that was not meant to be public, but it means, yeah, there's testing more ads. Ooh, okay. Uh, which is unfortunate. That would be a disaster. That was like, you do that, you might as well just like, you need to come and start working on Windows 12 rebrand because you will have, you have permanently destroyed any opportunity to get people to run, run it all. At, by doing they already it. do it a lot. Like it's a pain in the butt. Like, like it, a new Windows 10 PC, I don't know if it's still the case, but it used to come with the get office uh, app pre-installed and it would just pop up notifications to say, Hey, buy office now and stuff like that. And you'll see, you know, Bing stuff all over the place. But this was for, uh, there's like a button for Disney, you know, yeah. and like, like yeah. Hulu or not Hulu, um, a different streaming service. You yeah. know, and I'm just like, always oh, nope, nope. <laughs> right. Click. This was for a premium paid Microsoft software thing showing up in file Explorer. So it's, I can, I don't like that, but Mark Hockman ran a piece saying why he's fine with ads and windows that made a lot of good points too. So I'm glad we ran it. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. What were his points, Brad? <laughs> They're not my points. I'm not arguing them. No, no. What were Mark's points? I, I'll, I'll do they, it. Brad. Elena, Elena <laughs> do it. you actually go. Yeah, please I'll do it. Cause I actually was converted to his viewpoint by mm-hmm. reading his argument. I thought it was a very effective argument because he basically said like, don't really call them ads call them like noted like um alerts to like new features like and i would see i saw this point where it's like if it's not actually an ad but more like a hey here's what's uh, here's a feature that we just added to microsoft word that you may not know about hey like here's a new setting that we have in the settings app that you might not know about hey if you're looking for this this is over here now like that kind of stuff could actually be useful um but he also made a point in his article that you know, what's wrong with release notes? Like what's wrong with like a centralized place for release notes? Like that would be like way more helpful. I is wait, I don't even see how that squares because there's difference <laughs> between there's a difference between you firing a file explorer and seeing an ad for a really the a sale on the <laughs> new uh McDowell sausage <laughs> sausage McDowell muffin with egg and get, seeing that there's a new feature you know, in, 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 in that was Windows. his argument. I can't, I cannot defend it fully because I do not have the full like context he, for what he was arguing beyond that. But he did not, was he was not promoting the idea of like get 20% off Geico. No. <laughs> like, I don't think he would even be down with this Microsoft editor ad. Like, he was arguing that there needs to be a way that people know new stuff pops up. That's fine. That kind of ads, I'd be more fine with. Uh, ads like feature awareness uh 
But something like, hey, you should try Microsoft Editor for nine ninety nine a month. It's popping up in File Explorer when you open a notepad, like pass on that man all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's that's disaster. That's epic disaster. Just to bring it back, to me, a key takeaway from this, whatever side you fall on with the stupid watermarker deal, uh, it just drives home that Microsoft really does not want you running Windows 11 on unsupported hardware, even if it does let you. <clears throat> They've said in the past that you're not necessarily entitled to updates, so you might stop getting updates at some time. And now they're putting watermarks on the desktop and stuff. We don't think, like, institutionally that you should upgrade to Windows 11 yet anyway. It's not polished enough and doesn't offer enough of a big jump over Windows 10. Like, do it if you want to, but there's no real compelling reason to upgrade to Windows 11. And it feels like Microsoft is really antagonistic towards it. So maybe don't do it if you've been considering it. Boy, yeah. I mean, old hardware. I, that that we're coming right up on that. People are going to have to make that decision of what they're going to do with that old hardware. You got three years, but yeah, That's that could be fast. a lot of e waste back in the day when that happens. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. won't be I, I able to know. hang on to systems the way a lot. There's actually some, someone in chat. I think um, it was Tiger Bomb who said that they still have their 2500K system. You're not going to necessarily be able to do that. Unless you're willing to run, I don't know, Linux or unsupported uh, Windows. Yeah. Yeah. My, my daughter wants to get into YouTube videos. So I was going to build her a desktop with an old 8700K. And I'm like, you can't even put Windows 11 on this thing. I like, know Coffee Lake. No, 8700. 80, 87 does? Yeah. So, all right. It's KB coffee. and back. KB. Yeah. And, okay. And the weird thing is, KB has some of the features that would technically work. So I still don't know why. That particular KB got thrown overboard. So, yeah, it's complicated unless you got a new computer. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think people are very distrustful because you know, security is 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 also it's security is nobody cares about until like oh damn something really bad happens and you go like then you suddenly care about security, but then people just generally don't. It's also a great way to sell you new products too, right? New secure, it's more secure, right? That's although, you know, I just thought of something because I have been writing about encryption on Windows 11 as of late, and it that shit is complicated. Sorry, that stuff is so complicated, <laughs> um, unnecessarily so. But I am thinking now that maybe the one, the one good thing about having that watermark is that we're so desktop focused, like it doesn't really make sense to us, right? But I could see that if you're on unsupported hardware on a laptop, like that. That could be problematic because if you're out and about in the world with that thing, you're not taking advantage of like some of the more modern features that will protect you. That could actually be a little bit disastrous for like identity theft and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it really is Microsoft trying to make the PC more like the phone and tablet experience. Mm. Mobile OS is right because. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be you would it would suck to lose your phone, but you know, like oh, I've lost everything because you know almost everything is backed up. Um, yep. It's secure, more yep. generally more secure, not against of course state or professionals, but against the average criminal. It is if you make the a laptop more like a phone or a tablet, then you're it's not gonna you will not feel wrecked if you're you know yeah. you run over that laptop. It makes sense too, because like that's kind of what it feels like when you set up Windows 11, right? Because the first thing I asked you is like, "Hey, you you should activate OneDrive so we can automatically back up your document folders and this and this and that, right?" So it's just like 
you know, yeah. signing into your new Pixel phone or whatnot. Yep. And your BitLocker key is backed up to your Microsoft account. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, I know people get angry over that, but believe me, when you have encrypted data, you're never going to get back because you lost that printout. Then, you know, you're going to go, oh, I should have backed up that key. Mm. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, Windows 11. It continues. To <laughs> <now>. uh, <laughs> is this time for Windows 12 yet? Is yeah, it time for yeah. Windows 12? We'll, we'll, I don't uh, think... We're counting down the days. It's never been closer to Windows 12. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, let, let's go over to, to Q&A. We, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, if you have a question, put it in the chat right now uh, and at PC World so it's easier for me to see. If you're watching or uh, listening to this later, then go into the description. There is a link to our awesome Discord over there uh, and a channel where you can put in questions at any time. Uh, there was a uh, a comment or a super chat from uh, that came in earlier. Not not a question, just a comment from William Regal. Gave us five Australian dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, just upgraded my dad's computer from an i five six fifty to an i three ten one hundred. It's a jump. And yeah, yeah, it is. Sounds like it. <laughs> Saw that super chat. Yeah. Uh, so yes, thank you. thank you so much for that. Um, let me let me go over to Discord as uh, as people want to put in their their questions here. Uh, so Liquid R had a question. Uh, so Intel Arc uh, is it going to be the worst timing ever? <laughs> sure, sure is interesting timing. Yeah, it's too bad they couldn't roll it out six months ago. But yeah, yeah, more is always um, better. More's yeah, and yeah, competitions is good period. It would have been definitely a guaranteed hit. Didn't even have you don't like you wouldn't even have to see performance benchmarks if you could have bought an Arc six months ago or eight months ago. Guaranteed instant hit, sell out every single one. We'll have to see now, right? We'll have to see what the reviews say and how much it costs and what the availability of everybody else is. So, when is March thirtieth? They're going to launch Arc GPUs Intel. For laptops, right? I think is what they're saying. Uh, That's what the I think I read on the internet. It's a it's a mobile part. I think the the belief is it'll be a mobile part. I think they've said that, right? So this is the I don't. I just yeah. It's going to launch in laptops first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a first look at our new discrete graphics for laptops. March thirtieth at eight a.m. Pacific, eleven p.m. a.m. Eastern. Does that make anybody kind of frustrated because they want to see an adding board? I'm sure, probably. I mean, that's what us nerds are looking forward to, at least, right? The yeah. desktop graphics cards. But Intel, like, laptops are a big strength, and they already started showing off kind of stuff they can do when they had the Z Max things. There was a laptop I reviewed, Acer Swift 3X, that had a Z Max in it. And, you know, there's there's cool things you can do when you have Intel GPU with an Intel integrated GPU and CPU. So... Right. Who knows? It's we'll like, see what's well, up. We're seeing that on Apple, where they have multiple encode engines and and software that can use it. It's it's phenomenal when it's when it works. Yep. And in the laptop form, like they can control the whole package, so I'm not surprised that that's necessarily their first way into it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll definitely have to test that out. Uh, hopefully, we get a, a laptop bad, into that. Bad bad timing though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Michael Sawyer asks, uh, can we agree to call XESS excess? Ooh, yes. There you go. Yes, oh, I yes. can, oh, at least. Excess. Intel That's excess. That's like making me think of a 90s band. Do you know what Yeah, I mean? in excess. In excess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Intel officially, excess. Yeah. it is officially XESS, but in a... In excess. <laughs> in excess would also be acceptable, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if Steve Ballmer were the head of Intel, he would have a some sort of you know come out of, coming out of in excess on the, on the oh, stage no. or something. I don't know. Uh, but yes. <laughs> um, uh, Obelisk six nineteen asks uh, quick thoughts on RDNA three. Do you think they can take the performance crown even if Lovelace is pushed to its limits? Uh, I've seen probably all the rumors that you guys have. Uh, and if the rumors are true, then it looks like our DNA, our DNA three will be pretty awesome. Uh, who knows if rumors are true. There's a reason we don't talk about them very often because things can change at the last minute as we've seen with the 3090 TI several times over the last few months. So we'll see. Our DNA was a big jump forward for AMD. Then our DNA two was a great big jump over our DNA one. Uh, RDNA 3, I'm optimistic. Like, it seems like AMD's firing in all cylinders, including on the Radeon team. So, would I you think say it's, it's going to be the closest battle that we've seen in a long time, would be my guess. Would you say they're actually pretty close with 6,000? I mean, yeah. it feels like NVIDIA still has the edge, but the edge isn't like by the miles we've seen in the past with 6,000 versus 30 series. I don't even know if I'd even say NVIDIA has the edge. Like, it'll depend on your game. It'll depend on what resolution you're playing at. Like, 6900 XT and 3090 are, like, right there, man. And we're about to have the 6950 XT come out, if the rumors are to be believed. And there's a reason that NVIDIA is trying to rush out this 3090 Ti. Like, I think they're neck and neck already. And I think next gen is going to be a real battle, especially with Intel and it's ARC GPUs in the fray as well. Yeah. You would imagine both AMD and NVIDIA want to want to want to take a dump on Intel right now because they're defending it's it's their turf, right? What it's home image. turf. So <laughs> they, they just don't they're they are both gonna try to swing as hard as at Intel as possible because they don't want Intel to get a foothold here, right? So Nope. We'll see. I mean we'll see, right? That's why it feels like again getting back to that previous question is like whew, I just you just kind of wish they could have had Arc out earlier, but I do. There's a lot of rumors about RDNA three being chiplet based design, like Ryzen. If so, like that could be monumental if they managed to get it done right. Apple just did with the uh, M1 Ultra, like that's multiple GPUs in one package. AMD and NVIDIA have been working on it for years. Hopper being a big monolithic die to me suggests that that probably will be the same case with Lovelace as well. If AD and if AMD is able to hop to chiplets while well, nvidia is still using monolithic dies it could be a big battle could AMD could be under something hot we'll have to see it's all rumors at this point there so uh so, good times for us though uh follow-up questions from uh tech gamer or tech 360 gamer uh we we talked about this before we even did a, a good video about it you should go watch that uh but amd announcing ryzen 5000 support for x370 and b350 and a320 uh now that we've had a little bit of time to stew on it any any new thoughts uh brad you know what do you think you're going to do with your system 
Uh, first, I'm going to wait and see if my system actually gets my motherboard gets the update because that's the big question mark for everybody's system because it's just going to be as the vendor does it. But I'm going to wait and see the lay of the land. I'm seriously considering picking up a 5600X and just waiting to see at this point what next gen Intel and AMD do. So I feel like jumping from an 1800X to a 5600X will make a big difference in video games for me, which is what I like to do on my computer when I'm not working. So I like it. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a great bonus for old time AMD socket users, um, and it's it's it really is a gift for those folks because you're getting just a huge uh, upgrade option if you if your board supports it. Then you can also see like, you know, AMD has gotten a little soft with Alder Lake here in in sales. Actually, now allowing those those. Those uh, users to get a five thousand lets them move more parts, and it would. The cynical person in me says, "Like, well, why then didn't you do it two years ago, or you know, a year and a half ago?" When, well, we know the answer to that, though. <laughs> like, just output cap- capacity. And- yeah, but I mean, you would just think like, because the thing is, AMD was very much against it. They said, "No, it's just simply, it's just not." It's just not a great way for people to spend their time, board vendors, to do this because it. I mean, still, you look at the effect. It's not. It's not every single motherboard gonna, is going to get it. But there's one thing from saying, "Yeah, it's not a good idea," versus coming out and telling board vendors stop doing this. Right? They basically told them to stop doing it, which is is kind of a you know, I was a major bummer. And a lot of those people might have said, "Well, then I'm going to go buy a new board." If you could have wound the clock back and said, well, I could have just kept my I own see. board, right? Sorry, so, I misinterpreted what you said. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying, but I'm just voicing that opinion. That's not my opinion. That's just simply, you know, what a cynical person might say. You should have done this in the first place. But, um, you know, I am I also think that it wasn't – it makes – you do have to leave the past behind sometimes because it's it hurts. it hurts your forward momentum if you're always worried about the last person at the back um for me i was actually like i was just like randomly driving to the grocery store or something and i was like hey didn't i didn't i have an a320 board that i use for like our xbox one xbox one uh build pc build i gotta go find that i want to see if like the motherboard actually would support a newer chip so if i find it i'll do something with it and i'll let you all know how it works out but uh, I was also thinking how cool this is because I was also thinking about a separate project I want to work on. And I'm like, oh, I think I have like a 10700 somewhere. And I'm like, oh, wait, but do I have a motherboard for that? And then I was thinking, oh, man, it's so much easier on the AM- AMD side of things. Like, I don't have to worry about things like that. Like, I can just grab a new chip and drop it into this board or vice versa or whatever. And it's all compatible. It's so I've gotten so spoiled with that. I I guess, although I think it's like the Nikon users I was complaining about yesterday where Nikon famously has kept the same lens mount forever. And Nikon people uh, always like to rub it in everybody's faces like they could use a 1968, you know, Nikkor 50 or something like that. But it's like, man, 75% of the functions don't even work. So, and you don't like, it may not work with this body or may not work with that body. I would argue that, you know what? Intel actually works pretty well. Like, you know, 10th, you work with 10th gen and 11th gen. 
No, you don't have to worry about these kind of like, will my board work? It's just simply 10th gen and 11th gen. You know, 12th gen will work with 13th gen. You knew 9th gen and 8th gen would work, right? So it's sort of like you'd always get that, that two generations and that was it. So that also sort of breaks off nicely sometimes instead of like, oh, yeah, it works. And no, my A320 did not get the 5,000 support. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying that if you have a ch- an older Intel chip, like say you happen to get it on a steep discount or your friend gives you it or something, it's not like score. I'm saving so much money because I got this. It's like, oh, crap. Am I going to be able to find a motherboard for that? <laughs> yeah, and old motherboards are they're actually more expensive. I just they actually are. sent off. I sent off they one are. of those motherboards I found on the street to a relative in Colorado because <laughs> he was like looking for a ninth gen board, and he says, "Man, they are really pricey." I was like, "Really?" So I actually still, I actually still have a backup motherboard for my Sandy Bridge processor, I'm like just in case something <laughs> happens. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me gordon i know what's in your garage there you know what you're the person microsoft made that watermark for. <laughs> i'm running windows 10 okay i'm running windows 10. it's gonna like be personalized now it's gonna personalize it you have to log in and they will publicly shame you or like Just give me a leaderboard really I get on top of that leaderboard and That's you know what i'm gonna do you know the funny thing is i you know, it's always usable, and Sandy Bridge is a completely usable platform. It is not something you want to use because it's like driving a car with 260,000 miles on it. It just feels slow. I jumped on an older laptop recently. I was really quite surprised. Like, wow, this thing feels really slow. But it it's that unquantifiable. Like it just... Yeah, was it that slow, Adam? It just felt slow. It was, it was, like, a KB, it was like a KB Lake system. And, you know, a KB Lake system on an SSD is perfectly usable for everything. It just did not have that snap. Like, so if you're looking at current laptops, that's just like everything is instantaneous. And then getting on this laptop where things were just like slow motion, like a smooth 30 frames a second or something. Or it's just like, <laughs> I do wonder if we're at that point where like, you know what? If you're rolling, if you're rolling Sandy Bridge or Ivory Bridge or even Haswell, like Google going to a modern platform is like, is you should just do it if you're going to call yourself uh, somebody else. You know, if this is your your hobby. You should just do it. Wait, you just can buy like it. things, but not necessarily buy them all. Well, just <laughs> even using it. I mean, I just feel like it's just slow. It just feels like it just feels slow, and then only because you have other points of references. Like if that's your system at home, then you're like, this is fine. It still runs everything. No, what you're saying is exactly the reason that I upgraded to the first gen Ryzen chip when I did actually, because I'm like, you know, I want a newer chip. It feels faster. I get all these modern connections. Like there is actual benefit to that, but it's still running good. It's still running good. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, (laughs) if you don't have the, if you don't have the, the methods for getting that hardware or can afford it, Mm -hmm. I understand that's, that's fine. But I do have a problem with people who are enthusiasts and then bitching about their 2600K being left behind. By so. I mean, that is a form of enthusiast. I mean, you, you, love, your, you love hardware. You, you remember the good times in the past as well as the modern times. Yeah, but you don't then have to go like, well, no, we should slow everybody down in front to keep at my speeds. <laughs> you know, that to me, that's the problem. You said that the PC doesn't throw anyone overboard. So, you know. Yeah, and it doesn't. And exactly this is the dilemma we're in where, like, you – legacy is a strength and a weakness. So 
And there's times when it really is that weakness, and it feels like we're there right now. Uh, VC Jester points out Gordon's 10-gig internet hasn't spoiled. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying I'm not saying we should cut off people that are 1 gig and below, but it would be pretty nice. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is nice up here. Clear your packets out of my way. Just my packets only. Mm. We just... Your slow ass, I don't know, DSL packets, get out of my way. <laughs> I'm moving along in hyperspace and you're in front of me with your low speed DSL or cable based packets in the way. I'm bumping you along, speeding you along. It's just no, no. All right. Uh, well, speeding along, a couple more questions before we, we get out of here. Uh, Viking. I got to go. Oh, oh you, yeah. you're going to go now? Oh, okay. I, I got I got like a minute. Oh, okay. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We'll, Bye, we'll y'all. Uh, so uh, Viking Berserker asked a question. Uh, it was uh, great fun watching the streaming box build, um, which I, I will say we're, we're not recording from home because the streaming box isn't set up. I, I actually did almost almost completely set it up yesterday when we were in the office. Uh, just timing-wise, we, we weren't able to go in. Uh, but, I mean, so far the tests are great that 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 5600x is probably going to be overkill for for a while so so that's good uh the 2070 super at 4k yeah you know i, I might want to try to get a, a new 30 series on that one but yeah so far so good you, you'll see you'll see soon enough um i, I do want to i do want to point out adam i walked in to the the studio and in the dark studio and the studio is extremely dark for for the for the mood lighting through a tinted glass smoked tinted glass window i could see that noctua fan from across the room no it was the ram no. oh, oh oh you're talking about the 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 brown fan oh yeah yeah actually you know what somebody in discord posted that they have that exact same combo like all black and then a noctua fan so <laughs> it's like a bow tie a I, do, I do need to turn that ram off though <laughs> um anyway their, their question is uh why did we give the build a discrete gpu uh, when it has an integrated gpu uh the 5600x um does that does that have an integrated gpu no, no. no. yeah so number one it doesn't have an integrated Only GPU. G series yeah uh or and then number two uh for the for the software that we use it's very heavily reliant on cuda uh so having a discrete gpu and and running it off that i mean we probably could run it on that 16 core it's not that it wouldn't support it but being able to offload a lot of that onto the gpu is 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 nice and in in some ways more efficient because then it allows the cpu to, to handle other things so uh that is why we we gave it um uh another one uh ziv friend of the show ziv asks uh, what are your thoughts on textured materials not plastic or metal uh, on things like laptop keyboards and controllers. Uh, think about the Alcantara on the Microsoft Surfaces, leather on the HP uh, Spectrafolio, uh, or the uh, horrible, uh. horrible Sonic fuzzy Xbox, the fuzzy Sonic Xbox controllers that were just announced. Uh, my first thought is always, how the F am I going to clean that if something <laughs> spills on it? 
Yeah. Where, did you go with Melissa down to that HP briefing where they showed off the whole folio thing? Okay. No. They, yeah. They, yeah, they had like a, a full briefing showing off, you know, how they designed the leather with the laptop. She she used that one for a while, and it, it kind of wore in. It kind of looked nice. It looks nice. Yeah. I just really worry, like, if I spill coffee on that, you know, I mean, aside from the liquid damage ish, potential issues, right? It's just easier to wipe off plastic or, you know, aluminum than it is to deal with fabric or leather. Yeah, and I think probably the material makes a difference. Like, I could see, like, the whole leather idea because, you know, like a really worn-in leather object is like like a wallet or just like it's just beautiful, right? That just kind of like nice worn-in leather. But then I would be afraid that some of the materials aren't made for the long run, like, you know, and it would just, you would just get like an ugly fuzz and it would just look, it would look, it would like an old, look like a 72 vinyl seat, right? Just like cracked and like horrible. It's like, you have all the, my, remember when the big thing was to paint everything in that um, rubber paint? Oh, yeah. Remember all those? That was like uh, a huge thing like 15 years ago. Every like mouse, keyboard. It's the worst when it and, starts to disintegrate. Yeah. Once it's it like, starts to melt. I literally have a Dell laptop from like. I think it was like it's like a 2002 vintage. Like the rubber feet have liquefied. Like right. it just disintegrated to that point. And like there's just like I, I didn't realize as I pulled it out of the box I had it, and it was just like these black smears. And I was like, "What is this stuff?" And then I realized that like the feet had just gone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. they used oh. to coat everything with the, that stuff, and yeah. it just isn't made for the long haul. So, yeah. you know, plastic is pretty resilient, and so is metal. So. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ian Kutcher says bring back cold cathodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I mean, especially those those Sonic controllers. I I hated Ziv for for pointing those out because oh my god, like I can't I can't. The thing is, I can't is like even, why why would you do that for a controller? Like I, I, you, the, I don't even sweat that much, and even my controllers get sweaty when I play for a while. Uh, like how gross is that going to be after like a month of uh, regular play? You know, the, even some plastic, you remember how eventually you get a plastic thing that you've held and, you know, they put that light texture to give it a grip and then eventually you wear that texture out mm-hmm. and, and it just looks really just cheap. Like it feels like smooth plastic is the safest way to go. Mm. Yeah. And also I'm with Ian like, oh, you remember, I mean, people don't know because they're so spoiled by today's incredible fans. But remember like a fan back then they would wrap a cold cathode tube around the outside and it would glow one color. And that was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. 2005 said, you know, that was, that was a cool thing. <laughs> hey, cool. I, I like that. Uh, also friend of the show, Travis from uh, Showback tech uh, says uh, you can achieve that cold cathode look by using diffusion tubes on UV LED strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you want to just have the real deal. You know, there's something <laughs> real, Real deal. I still have a, a, a bay, a five and a quarter inch bay adapter with the, the, the Nixel lights, you know, the little whatever the heck it was. I forgot who made it, but you all see that whole like steampunk look with the, the digits. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, I think that's it for questions. I think. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the you know there's always more stuff to cover, but we should probably uh, we should probably get out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun times, Gordon. It was it was a great time. 
Definitely. It Everyone was a great really, time. really love your McDowell's. <laughs> you could tell when people would come in, they'd be like, ah, oh, McDowell's. You got to go uh, to McDowell's. You got to go to McDowell's. I mean, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's get out of Get us out of here. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review. Every time you do, McDowell's has a two-for-one on the Big Mick. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. Actually, they don't. I made that up. McDowell's does not exist. And actually, there's no such thing as a Big Mick. <laughs> so, McDonald's people, please do not send your lawyers at us. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas, who left earlier. Elaine E. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. I'm, I'm going to go have some fun with my uh, Steam, deck, Steam Deck. So, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> See everybody. Bye.